Hello, and welcome to the Doctors Washington Podcast. On this episode of The Plug, we will discuss the usual fourth-year medical school pathway and the ways to optimize your final year of medical school. In most medical schools across the nation, fourth year begins in the midsummer months. This is usually after you've completed your core clerkships, including internal medicine, OBGYN, surgery, pediatrics, family medicine, psychiatry, and neurology. Once they're complete, you should be prepared to study for and successfully complete USMLE Step 2 exam, which is required to begin any U.S. internship. The core clerkships will have given you a solid foundation for clinical medicine. During the third year of medical school, most students will decide what their specialty will be, but there will be some students who continue to explore non-core specialties to determine where they land. Also, the late spring to early summer of third year, most schools have some type of lottery process to begin to schedule the fourth year electives. Yeah, at University of Tennessee, we had a lottery system and that fourth year lottery was really important because it it determined how your fourth year would play out, mainly how you can set up particular electives um, that are not during your interview session, which we'll likely discuss later in this episode. Now, depending on your school, you may have lots of fourth year elective options available. This can be to your benefit because it's important to use your resources when determining which electives to choose. A great resource for information are the fourth year medical students when you're a third year. They are going through it and have an idea of which electives are busier or less busy and which electives can be valuable based on your clinical interests. Another great resource are mentors in your desired specialty. For example, if you're interested in surgery, as I was as a third year, feel free to ask surgeons you work with in your core clerkship for recommendations of good fourth-year electives available in their department. They can be a very good source of information. Lastly, some medical schools have career coaches that are provided to each student. These coaches are positioned to provide this type of information for you and can assist when securing electives outside of your institution as well, if that is helpful for you. I think that's a really good point to bring up. I remember we were assigned a mentor in the specialty that we wanted to go in to help navigate uh, electives uh, during our fourth year. And I think that was really key for me because it gave me insight to what things I should think about uh, that could be helpful or as I was deciding which specialty I wanted to go into as well as trying to make the or as well as trying to make my experience in fourth year the best that it could be to give me the tools I needed to be um, an intern in internal medicine, for instance. So as you can tell, it really does take some research to get your fourth year right, just because your exposure to different um, different types of medicine can really inform your performance as you're starting out in as an intern. Uh, the biggest question in the mind of most medical students is how to organize the year, um, especially when you're thinking about away electives or in the interview season, as well as studying for step two. So I'll talk a little bit about away electives and we'll probably touch on the rest of those over the course of this episode. 
Um, so away electives, if you don't know what they are already, are basically experiences or opportunities provided to fourth year medical students by many U.S. institutions where a student can go to that institution for a two to four week rotation as a visiting student. So basically you would end up weaving into their uh, current structure on a rotation and get exposed to the to the specialty that you choose to do the rotation in. Uh, There's no tuition costs associated with that visit, but there can be costs related to traveling there or um, living there for the period of time that you're in that location. Be aware that some schools do have additional funds set aside for minority fourth-year medical students uh, to help cover the expenses related to away electives. Also remember that even though it's very nice to be able to go to a new institution, new city for the experience factor. Also remember that this is an audition, both for you as a student, as well as the program that you're going to. The student almost universally applies to the residency program um, where they do the away rotation and also the program pretty much universally offers a residency interview to the visiting student as a courtesy. Additional benefits of doing an away rotation is that student can also get letters of recommendation for residency applications during that time. But you got to remember that this is an audition. So the student has to bring their A game because you're always being evaluated from the time you get there. Uh, Away rotations can be appealing to students who are at medical schools that don't have residency programs in their desired specialty. Typically, these are really good for programs that that are very limited in number, like plastic surgery or radiation oncology, because all uh, medical schools don't necessarily have these these specialties associated with their institution, but also don't sleep on this experience. If you don't do well in your time as a visiting student, this can also backfire. That's absolutely true. I remember being at um, University of Tennessee and we would occasionally have medical students who were coming from somewhere else interested in our program they really had to shine. And what I mean by shining is that they had to look better than the medical students who were from University of Tennessee who were on the service in order for it to really matter. And so you really, when when you go to these places, you really have to come with your A-game like absolutely every single day because you're being held to a standard that's Pretty difficult to meet, but doable. We had several medical students who came from outside institutions who just killed it, you know, and they they were rewarded for that by getting interviews, by being at the top of the rank list, et cetera. So um, definitely consider these fourth year electives. Don't assume that you can't do it, but you can't have, uh, you know, off days. You can't think that, oh, you can just slide through this rotation. It's not going to be like that for those away electives. I'll chime in and just offer a different opinion. So when I was a fourth year medical student, I actually knew I didn't want to do any away rotations. I figured I had to pay rent in Memphis. And so I was going to stay where I was paying rent. Um, I knew also that I wanted to go into primary care specialty. So I felt that it was less important to do away electives, but for students who do want to do away electives, um, then certainly they should consider um, the advice 
um, that we gave about how you're going to do that. Um, I'll also talk a little bit about timing of those away electives. You know, Dr. Jasmine talked about one of the reasons to do an away elective is to get a letter of recommendation and interview offers. So basically, this means that you have to do those away electives before the month of October. And one strategy that you might consider is if you plan to do, say, two away electives, is if one is within driving distance and the other requires air travel, consider doing the closer elective over the summer say in June or August, and then the farther one in October. The reason for this is that you don't want to pay twice to fly there. Most places start interviews sometime in October, so the hope would be that you would be offered an interview and you could do it while you're there, which eliminates the need to do some traveling. Additionally, many medical schools will restrict away electives in the month of July because that's the first month of residency across the country. So they're orienting the new residents and getting them acclimated. In the example I gave, you would ask for a letter of recommendation at the summer elective, but you would mainly have the fall elective for the purpose of scheduling an interview since the deadline for completing the application will have passed prior to the October elective. Now, one caveat is, is that the COVID pandemic has changed and that a lot of these interviews are virtual. So we're not sure how long that will last. But in the world of virtual interviews, then it would be less important for the, tr- the timing of those away electives. That's a great segue into the topic of interview season. Interviews usually start later in October or early November and can occur until the end of February. Each program has a certain number of interview days and a certain number of available slots for interviews. These are group interviews, similar to what you experienced for entry into medical school. They usually last the full day. And when in person, there's often an opportunity to meet with current residents without the faculty to allow you a safe space to ask questions. But don't be fooled. This is still part of the interview. Each year in residency, at the end of all the interviews at University of Tennessee, we were asked to give our input on the applicants who made an impression, whatever that impression may be. Although there may not be residents on the actual application committee, they can give feedback to the program director and others involved in the process. So basically, avoid any untoward actions or conversations at the resident dinner if there is one. This also goes for the virtual meetup if that's offered. It's important to consider your interview timeline when scheduling your fourth-year electives. Often there is a requirement for certain fourth-year electives at your home institution. We call them JIs or junior internships, but they can also be called sub-Is or sub-internships. On these required electives, you function as an intern on the team, which brings about more responsibility and helps to prepare you for residency. These JIs or sub-Is should not be scheduled during your interview season if you can avoid it. Often the services that have these student positions rely on the students to be there. Interviews can take you away from these responsibilities for a significant amount of time. Therefore, get these done before November or plan to do them after January. 
That's really good that you mentioned sub-eyes here because um, I can mention my experience. Um, we call them sub-eyes at, uh, at Brown, but what was really key in those rotations are not only it, are you really being placed into the role of an intern, but you really do matter uh, in the team. I remember doing my sub-eye in internal medicine and I really, I feel like not only was that beneficial to, um, you know, my learning and just uh, being able to really get my feet wet and taking care of patients on my own, but I think it also built confidence in my abilities to take care of patients, but also gave me more insight to really being a part of the team um, of residents and attendants that were taking care of patients. I felt like I was needed in, um, you know, in that way. And so I think it is beneficial from a learning standpoint, but also gives you that confidence boost that you need when or making a leap from being more of a student and, you know, an observer to really, you know, doing the act of actually taking care of patients. So don't think of that rotation as just another thing to check off, but think of it as really your first exposure to taking care of patients independently. But to piggyback on what Dr. Kimberly just mentioned, sometimes in order to get all of your requirements done that are required at your institution, you will sometimes have to place important uh, rotations within the interview season. And that's where the class ahead of you at your school can can be very helpful. Find out which rotations um, that will allow you to be away for a few days without disrupting their flow of taking care of patients. And then also be transparent with the people that you work with. They want every student to match into their desired specialty, but last minute notifications really aren't professional. And so that could reflect poorly on you as well in evaluations. You often know at least a few weeks before your interview that you'll be away. So reach out to your attending that you'll be working with by email before starting a rotation to let them know what you have planned. They'll also appreciate you planning in that way because, again, it really reflects professionalism. Also, try to avoid as best you can taking extra days. And what I mean by that is if you're traveling for an interview that's on a Wednesday with a pre-interview dinner on a Tuesday evening, don't leave on Sunday to give you extra days, but leave on Monday after work if you can to to minimize disruptions uh, in the clinical care team. Us oftentimes medical students don't believe their presence matters. But like I mentioned in the example before, where you're really taking care of patients and are really woven into the care team a lot more than you previously were, your presence really does matter as a student. So just keep that in mind. So the next topic that we will dive into is step two. So you have to determine the timing uh, for taking step two. Recently, there was a transition. Step one is now a pass-fail examination, and step two remains scored. So it's unclear how the step two scores are going to be used by residency program admissions committees. The most succinct way to consider how to manage this is that if you are applying to a very competitive residency, such as plastics or radiation oncology, you may want those admissions committees to have the most information to make a decision about you. So that means you take step two prior to your application deadline. It's a gamble, however, because if you don't score as well as you'd hoped on step two, then that score will be seen by the admissions committee. 
when you send your USMLE score um, report, you can't choose which one to send and which one to not send. It all goes as uh, one report. So you just want to make sure that you do a, a really good job on step two. The good thing is, is that step two is a clinical test and people tend to score much higher on step two than they did on step one. If, on the other hand, you're applying to a relatively less competitive specialty, then you can consider waiting to to take step two after interviews. As long as you have a passing score prior to starting your internship, then you should be good. Also, I think it's important to mention here, I know we're giving you guys a lot of tips to strategy, and I hope you can see through this episode that a lot of planning for fourth year is about strategies and how to show yourself in your best light. So I hope that uh, some of these brief tips that we're mentioning is, is helpful as you consider that if you're nearing that time. The other major thing to consider with step two is that even though like Dr. LaTanya mentioned, step two is a clinical test and people tend to score higher. Um, You have to realize that the entire nation tends to score higher. And so if the average score or the median score in for step one is 250 or 230, then that average score for step two is going to be probably 20 to 30 points higher um, across the nation. And so it really, it really is somewhat of a gamble. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say not do it. If you're a very, very good test taker um, and you tend to score really well on, on standardized tests and you pass step one and you plan to go into something really competitive, absolutely take step two before um, interviews and before your, your residency application deadline. But if you're not a great test taker, but you're a good people person, then it may make more sense for you to spend a month instead of taking it off to do step two, but to do an away elective and get a letter of recommendation. That may serve you better than a step two score that's kind of okay and you're trying to apply to some super fancy residency. Um, So that's that's one way that you can kind of work the strategy to your benefit now that step one is pass fail. There are other elements of fourth year as well. When I was in residency, there was a bit of a push to shorten medical school and essentially eliminate the fourth year because there was very little educational gain during that year. There was a huge group of people who really wanted to do that. After interviews are over, as match day is in March and many medical students arrange their schedules so that April and May, they're completely off. This time is actually valuable because at that point, you know where you'll be in residency. It allows you some time to find a place to live and arrange your move. Additionally, if you're involved in research projects as a student, this allows time to wrap those things up as well. Lastly, it's important to rest before residency because residency is a slug out for for most specialties. So definitely use that time to slow down your life prior to ramping up your life in residency. One thing we haven't mentioned are international electives, which became popular in the last about 15 years. Now, granted, COVID has placed a bit of a damper on this in the past couple of years, but as we settle into a new normal, I'm sure they're going to reemerge. The biggest element of international electives is to make sure they are arranged and coordinated by your medical school. This ensures that you do not have problems getting credit for them and that the school is ultimately responsible for you during that time away. Also be cognizant of the environment you're going into. 
Although an opportunity may sound excellent, depending on the political climate at the time, it may not be the best option. Lastly, think strongly about where you place them in your year. The best position is is for it to be placed in the summer between third and fourth year or after match day. That'll minimize any problems during interview season. And some people think now that the interviews are, are virtual, that maybe they can do them during their interview season. But that's a gamble too, because sometimes you don't really know the internet connectivity where you're going. And so you have to really make sure that you have all of your elements in place if you're going to do that during the interview season with the plan to do all your interviews virtually. At University of Tennessee, um, in my third year, actually, I did an away elective in India for about six weeks. And that was a really good experience. I went with a couple of other students in my year. Um, It wasn't arranged through uh, University of Tennessee, but we were allowed to get credit for it after some discussions with our dean. And this was a great opportunity because it allowed us to see medicine a little bit different from what things look like in the United States. And it really strengthened our physical exam capabilities because there was quite a limitation on imaging studies at that hospital. Um, And so we really had to get a lot better at physical exams. Additionally, it allowed us to just see the way that medicine can function without our current medical legal climate, which, as you know, as a medical student who's done third year, for those who are listening who have, the medical legal climate really does play a role in how we practice medicine. So this was one way to look at medicine the way it used to be prior to all the uh, lawsuits that come along with it. So it was a really good experience. I'll piggyback on that discussion as well, because even though I didn't do an international away elective, um, our program did have the option to do like an independent study where you created um, an elective that interested you and had it had to be approved through our medical school. And during that, um, over the course of um, third to fourth year, I was I was able to do an uh, independent study rotation where I was able to go back to Mississippi for about six weeks to work at a community health center and um, do primary care. And I think that was very, a very valuable experience because not only was it something that I actually liked to do and something that I felt um, was valuable, not only valuable in the educational sense, I think it helped to boost my confidence in being able to care for patients because I was given a lot of latitude in uh, caring for patients in a way that I had not yet uh, as a medical student. And then also, I really was able to work with underserved communities and help provide medical care there that was really needed. So um, if you have the opportunity to do something like a create your own adventure type of elective, then those things are valuable too, because I think it adds meaning to what you're doing and it gives you um, more of a sense of a sense of fulfillment in in medicine um, while you're while you're still in a, a more sheltered and structured environment. But at the end of the day, fourth year is usually the most enjoyable year of medical school because you really have a lot of say in what your year will look like. 
I hope you have a great time with your friends before you embark on the next stretch of your medical training, but make sure to make fourth year your own. Learn as much as you can and prepare as well as you can for the next step in your medical training. And don't forget to take every opportunity you're presented with because it can only place you in a better position for residency. Lastly, don't forget to take vacation at the end and really reward yourself for a job well done. This was a long stretch and you made it all the way to the end. So you really should celebrate that achievement and enjoy yourself and time with your family and friends. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Doctors Washington podcast. Remember, we're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Amazon Music. Make sure to like, share, and repost at your convenience. Be sure to listen in for our weekly episodes released on Wednesdays. Until next time. The music on the Doctors Washington podcast is by artist Mike Burton. He's a Jackson, Mississippi native on his album, Soulful, and the track is entitled All Right. It is available on iTunes. I believe that it's going-